Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. on SAFM. 10 past 8 on Wednesday, the 4th of September. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, fellow South Africans. This is Song as on the Viewpoint Bumper Edition set up for today. Of course, it's hashtag Business Wednesday, so we're focusing on matters related with commerce, and all of that is going to happen in the next hour and, shall I say, 30 minutes, because... Normally, we have about one hour, 40 minutes on here, and it's already 10 minutes into this schedule. So one hour, 40 minutes, one hour, 30 minutes to go. We're talking about business. Please stay tuned, especially if you're a small business. on SAFM. The 4th of September. The 4th of September is today. Hashtag business on Wednesday. And we've got lots to talk about. Heavy security to protect South African businesses in Nigeria. Our action is based on what has happened across the country in recent spate of xenophobic attacks in South Africa. We've got lots to talk about in the South African businesses in Nigeria and the siege, and we're going to have to get a sense as to what is going on there. Um, before we do that, I will be in conversation with Debucho Mafudi, who is here in our Pretoria studios, who's a well-respected and self-made millionaire with an extensive local international entrepreneurship experience. He's a global speaker, SME, growth champion, property guru, investor, finance expert, board member, consultant, media contributor, TV and radio presenter, stroke executive. Debucha has overcome many obstacles in his journey towards real estate issues, fame, business failures and successes. His passion and endurance have led him towards a large net worth and a large pool of clients. Debucha is proof that you are not bound by your current situation and you have power to change it. Since the inception of his journey, the sky has not even been the limit in terms of working for several companies to turning businesses around to now running a company with offices in South Africa, Zambia, the United Kingdom, as well as the United States. Good evening, Debucha. How are you? Debucha, can you hear us? Okay. Um, Phineas, can you just go to a quick ad break, please, while we try and sort the problem out in terms of connecting with Debucho? This is unfortunate. I beg your pardon for that, South Africans. Small technical glitch that, for some reason or the other, has overcome us at this late stage. Please stay tuned. 13 minutes past. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezo on SAFM. Debo good evening. Good evening, Songhezo. How are you? Well, thank you. How about yourself? No, I'm good, thanks. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Debo is the Group CEO, Investor, Business Growth, Champ, and Transformation Specialist. Also heads up the TM Group. Let's talk about what's going on in the country. Let's forget the politics of it all because this is not the conversation that you and I ought to have. Yeah. Let's talk about business. Okay. Let's talk about business confidence. Let's talk about <laughs> regional integration. Let's talk about cross-border trade. Let's talk about not so much the multinational corporations that can cushion themselves from this politically charged climate that is currently taking place, certainly in Johannesburg and Pretoria. But the medium enterprises, the small businesses, those are making entry into African markets. Yourself, for instance. Definitely. Trying to get into East Africa. You've got establishment in Zambia. Yeah. 
what is it that we don't know that is the impact at a commercial level for persons like you? Okay, what we do not know is that um, this is a system that is dictated for us. And this is a system that um, I always say it's meant to disadvantage um, a black child first and then small business. Because right now, obviously, looking at um, the, the structure of small business in South Africa, uh, for you to even trade or get into another country, there's a lot of money that you need to spend in terms of acquiring trading licenses, trading rights, local partnership, um, infrastructure, and everything else. So right now, like you said, I think um, rightfully so, that uh, unlike the big businesses that have the cushion, um, to actually make those strides. But from a small business point of view, mm. I can tell you now that a lot of businesses are suffering. I know that, for instance, we are personally have been affected uh, by this, um, you know, um, I don't know whether should I call it a drama that is taking place or a crisis, um, crisis. that is really affecting um, business and um, it's still going to affect the economy at large. Let's step back for a moment mm. because what people probably won't understand is how the conditions are completely different to the thought process and the operational requirements up front and the sort of crossing T's and dotting of I's. Certain securities have to be present before you even go and leave your host country, in your case, South Africa, to go to Zambia or to East Africa, wherever you might want to. Yeah. And because you're a small business and the limited capital that you have, you rely a lot on goodwill. You do. Promise of good faith, you gentlemen's do. agreements, and all of that. All of which is premised and hinges mm. on credibility, sometimes that of yours, sometimes that of the people around you, sometimes of the space that you're operating in, sometimes, as is the case in point now, the economic climate that you now represent by yes. virtue of being a South African. And that makes it invariably that much more difficult for when you go and land at the airport and you are received by your host by your potential business partners, by the persons who are going to be unlocking access to finance, introducing you to the critical clients, or making the conditions as favorable for you as possible, such that when you make your first sale, or you get your first client, or you perform your first service, things are that much easier. Right now, you don't have that kind of traction, and many in your position, especially those who are establishing themselves, don't enjoy that traction. Let's talk about the operational requirements required then to actually get to a point where you can make your first sale, make your first service, and how difficult it is and how changed the environment because of what's going on. Yeah, no, it is It is very difficult. Um, let me make an example with us, um, Songhez. I mean, um, I must say, and honestly, if ever it wasn't for us having have done business in the UK and setting up shop in the US first, um, for us to qualify to be part of the African diaspora, we wouldn't have even had an opportunity to come um, having uh, to open up or have footprint within um, the African continent, being Zambia, being um, you know Kenya, and now we're actually trying to penetrate um, you know um, Nigeria. Credibility is one of the most key and important thing um, in this business. And right now, at, obviously, credibility speaks more to to your trade history traction. Mm. It's not about what you do, but is about is your name being spoken about in the right tables um, by the right people for them to actually even open up the door. So the beauty about the African continent is that um, unlike South Africa, it's mainly a cash, um, you know, kind of transactional, um, you know, uh, business trading where, you know, sometimes even for you to even do something, you need to actually be spending a bit of your money. That's why right now you've got a couple of insurance companies um, even in South Africa that you would need to take up um, for them to give um, or to serve as your guarantee um, in those countries. Because the first thing, the minute you land onto that airport,
um, you know, you need to have the good zeros in your account um, for you to even be entertained or for you to even be spoken about. For you, then it also goes back to who are you doing business with within your own African continent or within your own country, being South Africa, particularly with us, um, and what are those people saying about you? Do you understand? So it really has, um, you know, a, a, I think it's, it's more like a shield um, that really um, makes it difficult, um, you know, and puts more red tape uh, for you to actually um, penetrate. And even applying for the trading license, uh, there's a lot of requirements that that um, you know you need to be, um, you know, uh, spending uh, money on for you to actually be given uh, that particular license. In terms of what is your infrastructure back home, uh, where you come from, from a net worth point of view, you know, how much are you worth? And from a licensing point of view, whether it's, it's are you going to be exporting, are you going to be importing, or even for that matter, you're going to be selling a service. So it's something that really, um, it's not really something that is easy for small business um, to really penetrate. That's why you find the likes of your uh, DTI, um, they've got the inter-trade exchange a program where they try to as well open up opportunities for African business to actually go showcase in some of these countries, hopefully have local partners that will help them uh, develop um, within those countries because that's a quicker way, especially for small business, to actually get um, in those business. But what is not spoken about as well is that some of those small businesses, they have been taken advantage as well in some of those countries. Um, from an intellectual property uh, point of view, that's why it's very important as to who you do business with in those countries as well when you get there. So it's something that obviously that I think um, as small businesses that, you know, they really need um, to consider. So particularly, obviously, after we've um, opened up offices in the uh, UK and the US, um, we started off in Zambia. I think Zambia was more welcoming for us because Zambia obviously has got a very strong South African footprint in terms of local businesses yes. um, that are doing business there. Um, you know, then obviously followed Kenya. Um, Kenya, I mean, it's, it's more like the Silicon Valley um, of the African continent. Uh, where as well, you know, the market is more open, you know, for innovations and other um, countries that are in open up for opportunities. And I mean, right now within the um, the Nigerian content uh, continent, um, the Nigerian country, sorry, we're looking obviously we're um, taking advantage of opportunities like um, the Tony Emmanuel Foundation. Um, that I mean, he has taken about hundred million of his own money. What's his to, name? Uh, Tony Emmanuel. He he he's one of the big he one of the big uh, players when it comes to the banking space uh, of the Nigerian continent. Um, I mean, he's um, launched a foundation where he has uh, put on the ground about hundred million of his own money, uh, U.S. dollars, um, to That's actually develop, um, you know, African entrepreneurs. It doesn't matter whether you're coming from South Africa, whether you're coming from, you know, we've had the opportunity of actually hosting him um, in in South Africa. That's when the appetite to actually do business um, in in the Nigerian country um, started to actually actually get onto the ground uh, to actually do it because Nigeria's got one thing that most other continent uh, um, countries African countries don't have big numbers I mean with a population um, of over 500 million um, people you know that's obviously the likes of um, our own cell phone network that um, is one of the big players there so it's because the market is definitely there so the yellow network the right? yellow network definitely. <laughs> so but obviously right now with obviously this uh, instability that is taking place um right now and right now obviously we've seen and we've heard as well some of these countries are already pulling out um you know in terms of attending the world economic forum and stuff 
You know, you've said a lot of things which have really been throw forwards for the balance of tonight's show. For instance, we're having a discussion at the top of the next hour in terms of the ease of doing business in South Africa. And for that, I'm going to rely heavily because at least that's the one document that is available the world over. Mm. The World Bank doing business report of 2019. And we're going to talk about how South Africa fares relative to the rest of the world. And I'm really trying as it is, I mean, sort of. You're baiting me to really go that route, and I don't want to do that because I don't want to exhaust this, or I don't want to, I don't want to exhaust that conversation in yeah. this conversation. No, I and understand. I appreciate the fact that you're operating in that space because some of these challenges and some of these issues, for instance, you're talking about trading licenses, mm. access to funding, access to finance, getting the requisite permissions where you get mm. to start your operations. These are the things that I'm going to have to traverse in that conversation. So if you want to hang around, be sure to participate in that. But for you specifically, let's no, talk we'll about do. Le- let's talk about TM Group because you mentioned something which is quite striking, mm-hmm. the fact that you almost had to develop, if you like, your international profile outside the yes. continent before you could come back onto the continent yeah. and then enjoy a certain traction which if you made entry right away into Africa, at least as it pertains to TM Group, your mm. organization, yeah. you wouldn't have survived. What no. do you mean by that and how okay. did this happen? Okay, well, uh, le- le- let me make an example. Right now, um, the, there's the African continent looks at South Africa with an attitude. Um, it's, it's, they, they, they perceive us as if we know it all. Uh, they perceive us as if we are bullies. Uh, and a whole lot more that really, um, you know, um, affects us, um, as, as small businesses. So that's why right now you find, I always say, uh, interesting enough, uh, in, in South Africa, we're the world's playground. Whoever wants to play, come to South Africa. Um, right now, I mean, we've got, um, we've got the AU, you know, we've got, um, the breaks and everything else. But how many of our, particularly black owned companies have got as much well, good established oil machines in those countries than those countries have those establishments in ours, even from a context of small business. So I could literally count them under one hand because there isn't many. So right now, obviously, for some of us that have really tried to penetrate the African market, it became, you know, we had to put in extra work, you know, to actually try and, and, and prove ourselves, show credibility. And, you know, for a normal business that would come there, I'll make an example. If ever, maybe you'd need to be having a guarantee um, of about um, 20 million. Yes. Um, for instance, from us, obviously, being a South African business, a small business, we would need to show uh, maybe two times that. I mean, how many small businesses or African or black-owned businesses have got, um, you know, um, a traction of about 40 or 50 million um, sitting in their bank account as uncumbered fund? And uncumbered fund is not money that you use for operation. It's not money that you, it's money that you do not touch that is sitting there and serving as guarantees. So looking at from an insurance point of view, even if you take up an insurance company to come be, be a guarantee for you, they'd want to actually spend or they'd want you to actually uh, pay more money for them to actually secure you as, as a guarantee. It's as if some of, you know, the local industries don't believe, um, themselves, um, you know, within our lo- a local business. They do not believe in small business. They do not believe in local business. That's why obviously for us, um, having set up offices, obviously abroad, it actually gave us that traction. And obviously, uh, with some of our international partners, it made it easier from a credibility point of view to be taken serious for some of these companies to start listening.
to say, you know, oh, this is what you guys are doing, or this is what you guys are trying to do. Because obviously, STM Group, we are a private equity fund, um, part of obviously the space that we're playing in infrastructure projects, and we've mainly been trying to grow within the green building um, space within the African continent, because it's something that is a challenge within the continent. And it's interesting that it, we had to go via America to actually come back into our own continent. Isn't that a tragedy? It is, because we're just around the corner. We could have just crossed over to say, you know, so, but I guess it's some, it's some of the attitude that, that, that is there. But however, when you, I mean, you are, you know, part of the African diaspora network, um, then it makes it easier because now there's European countries that, that are involved as well. There's other African entrepreneurs that are much more open, that uh, they're all coming from the continent, but we're all doing business globally. Not so long ago, I had a gentleman who represents an IT company, and he went on to say that for him to move beyond the South African market, what he did was, in his words, he started going door-to-door in Khaberoni, Botswana, in his techies, selling his products. I'm wondering, when I heard that story, would it have been any different an experience for you to have done that, as opposed to going around the Cape, (laughs) speaking by going to the UK and the US? Could you not have just literally trusted your systems and backed yourself to be able to get that traction, Mm. if needed be, the way that that gentleman did? No, no, no. Definitely we could have. For me, a couple of things that we didn't go the Botswana route. Uh, And I must um, I respect Botswana as a country um, and I think it's one of the most open-minded countries that some of the Botswana entrepreneurs are doing amazing thing within the continent and within you know um, you know their own country as a whole but for us it's for a population as a whole you know so uh, Botswana population doesn't exceed 2 million to start with and right now from a capital point of view it's one of the most biased countries I know I think I think I I love them about that that Botswana it's about Botswana first before somebody else so and there's nothing wrong with it there's actually. absolutely nothing wrong with it but however in South Africa it's different you know I mean right now in South Africa I always say come back here with with an accent or looking for it you don't know how many business people that I know in South Africa that are making so much millions when I got to America they were, you know, hearing the news that this person was so broke here. Africa was the next big thing for them. And we, with, uh, when they get here, we give them the glory, we give them everything, we give them media. You know, they do events, you know, those events get filled and everything. Then they take advantage of people. And guess where else that money is going? Back to America. Because we do not believe in our own. I do not believe um, in another black child. As long as you open up a bank tomorrow. Do you understand? Then we're not going to come support you. You park um, that that particular car uh, tomorrow. I'm going to be saying you bought that car with our money. So it's because it's the attitude that we have. It's like, you know, uh, that's why obviously there's an African saying, it's like we believe something if ever it comes foreign or it looks foreign or it sounds foreign other than our very own. You are lamenting a few bad things here, but I actually am on the line or conversing with Somebody who you might know very well. I understand that you've had business operations in KZN, specifically in the South Coast. Is that correct? No, that is correct. Songs, Debucho, self-made from shacks in the East Rand to a property mogul. I invited him to invest in KZN at the LED Summit at St. George's Hotel in 2017. Next week in KZN, International Investment Conference taking place in Durban, ICC. And the office still stands. Do you know about a certain Mandla Mabed? Who, was, who is now the CEO of the development agency in that part of the world, having previously worked at the Hibiscus Coast Municipality and or Good District Municipality. That's the person who's just sent me that. So what I'm, essentially I'm saying is 
he's endorsing you, one, two, and he's inviting you to take place in the investment summit that's taking place, KwaZulu-Natal, next week at the ICC. And interesting enough, next week I'm at, uh, I'm in uh, Durban um, for the South African Institute uh, of Black Property Practitioners con- Annual Convention. Um, from the, from landing there on the 10th, I'm there for, till I think, uh, the 14th. So I'm sure we can definitely arrange something. It would be an honor to be there. So if Mr. Mandlama Begza is listening, the KZN International Investment Conference taking place in the Durban at the ICC 12 to 14 September, Utebucho will indeed be there. And for the benefit of South Africans who have just joined us on the line, I am in conversation with Mr. Debucho Mafudi, who's the TM Group CEO. We're talking about the impact of xenophobic attacks on businesses in South Africa and how this changes the landscape altogether, certainly for those who are there and even more so for those who want to make an entry. If you're interested in this conversation, please do dial in. The number to dial is 0891 Debucho, let's talk about the fact that Right now, you are not really sure what your business interests might yield, given the fact that this climate, as you had mentioned earlier on, is way beyond you, and there's nothing that is in your capability to control what's going on. For instance, Nigeria, there are certainly rumors in that regard, and I don't know how official it is on present facts anyway. South African businesses must pack up. Zambia have just confirmed where you have operations. Yes. They will not participating in that friendly match with Bafana Bafana. They pulled out. So this sentiment mm. is not just unique to say Nigeria. It's it's now gaining the kind of traction that apartheid South Africa gained in Africa before ninety four. It definitely is the case, and right now I think I think I think for me, um, you know, um, song as I stand to be corrected, I th- I think for me th- th- there's an agenda that is being pushed, because I don't know if you know that there's levels to this life that we live in. You know, it all depends on the level of exposure that you had or the level of operation that you had. So, and right now, it's something that I was saying to somebody today to say when uh, World War One and Two happened, somebody benefited economically from that. So, right now, I've got a strong feeling that economically, there's somebody that is benefiting from you know this um, you know instability that is bound to take place. And the unfortunate part is that people are dying in the midst of it. Our sisters and brothers are being banned and everything else. And right now you see statements that are being thrown by some of the celebrities, uh, African celebrities, um, that of, you know, as if in South Africa we are butchering people and that is not a fact. So right now it's something that obviously all, all this is really becoming an emotional um, thing. And right now it really saddens because some of these businesses, I'll make an example, with some of these countries, the minute it happened, um, I mean, we had to fly some of our guys out. Um, I mean, I've been um, on. I just actually got back um, over the weekend. So and coming back, some of these things, this thing started small. But right now, you realize that some of us we do not have the resources. Let me make an example within the uh, the Israel country. Do you know that in Israel there's um, you know a a a unit that specializes like if ever we were to start a war now against the Jews, it would take them exactly 24 hours to fly out each and every Jew out of this country. And any other country of the world. It's something that it's not, you know, spoken about, but infrastructures are there. So with us, it's something that is different. We've got our sisters, we've got our brothers that are trapped there. You know, some of the flights coming to South Africa had to be cancelled because, you know, um, and some of the guys that we needed to fly out, we needed to fly them out via other countries for them to actually come home. 
So right now, there's really a serious question of instability that is taking place. And right now, somebody that is sitting at home watching TV or watching whatever, sometimes they do not know the impact that this is happening. And if ever you'd see people that are usually being used for such, um, you know, or crown soldiers, it's our brothers and sisters that are unemployed. It's our brothers and sisters that are sitting in the township that do not have any economic activity, but somebody promises them for them to push a particular agenda. Jebucho, with respect, let me just quickly offer an apology on your behalf. I don't think you meant anything but what you were trying to communicate. I think the context in which you mentioned the term Jews might be offensive to other people. Oh, yes. Um, I think what you should have said, the most appropriate word would have been the Israelis. The Israelis, yes. I, I, no, I, I take I, it I, back. I, so. I'm, I'm quite loath to, to, to attract any unwarranted attention. And yes. Of course, the conversation couldn't have led us to anything political or anything in any way discriminatory. But just for those who are listening at home, we, we do pride ourselves in making sure that we walk a tight rope for obvious reasons. And I do apologize on Debucho's behalf, and he's really pleading his case right before me. If only you could see him, you'd get the sense of his sincerity. Let's talk about the fact that you've got now the Silicon Valley of Africa. You mentioned it was Kenya. Yes. For the most part, the characterization has been Rwanda. Why do you say it's Kenya when for most parts everything points to Rwanda as being the next okay. Silicon Valley of Africa? So, so um, Rwanda has been um, from, from an innovation part of view. So, however, Kenya have surpassed um, Rwanda uh, from a muscle point of view. You know, this thing, it's like what? You'll find that, um, you know, another controversial thing you'd find, um, the manufacture of cars, you know. Um, you'd find that the statement that would be made of Henry Ford being the first guy to actually, you know, he's not the first man to manufacture cars, but he's the first man to manufacture masses uh, of cars or mass production for cars from a point of view. In the question of Rwanda and Kenya, Kenya has actually, um, you know, surpassed in terms of mass production, in terms of innovation, opening up opportunity not only for local entrepreneurs, but for other international entrepreneurs to come explore within um, the Kenyan content. So that's why right now you find within them, they've got, um, you know, um, hubs locally that are meant or that are built for the main intention of invention and for the main intention of teaching um, kids coding and everything else so that for them, they're able to get that international support um, to actually take um, some of the, the technology or the intellectual property within other, uh, to other African countries or even internationally for that matter. You mentioned the third force. Let's talk about the effect of what is going on in South Africa and how it could become a regional thing before it becomes an African continental concern. We're talking about businesses, multinational corporations as ShopRite, MTN, being threatened of being evicted in a massive economy, mm. the biggest in the, in the, on the continent, it Nigeria. Is. When you talk about small businesses, especially those involved in the IT sector, that can make meaningful differences in the ordinary lives of people by virtue of making a significant change using technology. Then you talk about the advent of the Continental Free Trade Agreement, which, if anything, speaks to integration, spreading of wings in the proverbial sense, where South Africans can be found in North Africa, North Africans can be found in South and Southern Africa, and East, West, West, East, vice versa. All of which that is now happening is pulling in a completely different direction to what is required for Africa from a regional integration perspective, from an economic integration perspective, and both of which feed into the political stability of the continent. Hmm. I mean, I mean, what, what, what you're saying is very interesting. You know, it, it goes back to 
um, the saying that says everything is political. So, and right now, some of those businesses, I mean, um, I think for me, looking at some of those companies that you've made mention of, those companies need to be the footprint for small business to actually penetrate. But Absolutely. Rea- but, but reality is how many of those big companies are actually opening up their doors for small businesses to actually use them as a footprint to actually climb up the ladder? So come up as a small business, two things. Some of these um, you know, big companies, what they would do, it's either they would bully you um, out of the industry or they'd buy you um, out of the industry. So instead of actually supporting, being simple thing. In our country, we've been, we're having a big discussion of transformation. And transformation, there's what we call an enterprise development um, you know, aspect to it, where you know, big companies are supposed to be empowering um, small businesses as a start even. But right now you find we've got, um, you know, uh, how do I call it? Um, I think makeup um, or, or sugar is kind of enterprise development where um, big businesses are putting strategic um, organizations or structures that are seeming as if they're making a difference or they are in support of small businesses. Right now, if ever you do a show, simple thing, on companies that have been banned, by enterprise development, um, you know, opportunities or that have closed that are affected by that, you'll be surprised. Mm. There's companies like me, I, as much as, you know what, at some point I wanted it so much, but right now I can't because right now I've been banned as well myself. So it's something that really we need to look at it. We need to have this conversation together with the Minister of Small Business, Kumbudzon Chaveni. But let's take a quick ad break before we get back to finish off this conversation, after which, of course, we will have to have a call and that person will be Mohammed. Please stay tuned, everybody. Okay. SAFM Viewpoint with Songas on my paper. 2041. That's the Viewpoint 2042. I'm in studio together with Mr. Debucho. Debucho, let's have a conversation with Mohammed. Good evening, Mohammed. Good evening. How are you? Well, sir, how are you? All right, thank you. Okay, I just wanted to give my participation on the on the topic. Sure. Uh, re- regarding of what is happening, I think uh, okay, uh, it's still a new country, newborn country. When you uh, when you check it from apartheid to now, twenty five years, I think it's still new. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good that other countries are standing and say, okay, we say no to this. Uh, like what Zambia did is is not bad. Because it's just kind of education. Because there is no mistake. Uh, okay, after the after the mistake, then there is going to be a good education that okay, uh, uh, African people can come together. And I think from this, maybe what happened can unite Africa to see how much we love one another and how we can carry on on that regarding to uh, uh, how we have to live together and especially in business and our life to uh, to make our life better also in the future. Absolutely, that's true. Thank you so much, Mohammed. Appreciate your call. And I suppose, Debuko, just to finalize this conversation with you, Debuko Mafudi, who is the group CEO of TM Group, who's an investor, business growth champion, and transformation specialist, venturing out into countries as Zambia, Kenya, Nigeria, and South Africa, also has operations in the UK as well as the United States. Debuko, the country is now hosting the World Economic Forum. President Ramaphosa is there. And I think in many respects, never mind his investment drive, this is an opportunity for him because this is a World Economic Forum Africa. All yes. African heads of states, or at least a majority of, or lots of, and many African business delegations are here. If you were in that room with those persons, what is the one thing which would be uppermost in your mind for you to deliver on behalf of South Africa, <laughs> on behalf of small business South Africa, to the international community, international in the African context, of course, to make sure that what is going on doesn't affect 
the lives of people because businesses have a direct effect on the quality of lives that people live. They do. Um, I think one, one, thing, one thing that I would say is to overemphasize, you know, we, we've been on a notion of Africa is open for business. But right now that Africa is open for business, it speaks to who? Because the Africa is open for business mainly have been speaking to, to, to corporates. It does not speak to an ordinary person on the street. It doesn't speak to small business. So and right now the red tape that uh, you know so, um, you find in some of these countries for you to actually get into um, you know some of these countries, I think for me it will be the fact that not only that obviously we've have the borders imposed on us, but let's loosen up the compliance issues and the red tape for doing business within our continent. Right now there was an issue of free trade that was introduced. Mm. Right now by virtue of what is happening right now, that is definitely going to affect the issue of free trade. So within African country, there's countries that at least they've loosened up the laws in terms of even having a visa to access some of these countries. But now when you want to come do business, it changes the ball game. That's why obviously you find with certain financial institutions, they'd rather give you money to buy a car than give you money to start a business. Sure, sure. Look, I'll tell you what, I'm going to stop you right there. Later on in the show and whatever your program is, now it has changed. This is live radio, things change. Let's call it breaking news. Yeah. At 2112, we doing business in a nation that is in turmoil. That's the conversation I'm going to be having with Ms. Nam Tlamniki Mangaliso, who's the director at African Monitor. I'm going to ask you to come and sit next to me, and we're going to lead that conversation with her. Because clearly your experience, when you talk about doing businesses and the challenges that you are faced with, yes. I'm, I'm going to premise that discussion on the doing business report for the purposes of just keeping our framework um, in touch, specifically with the bias of Africa. If you're at home, you want to participate in that conversation, Download or get access to the Doing Business Report 2019 as it pertains mm. to South Africa. We're going to have that conversation later this evening with Ms. Nam Tlamniki Mangaliso, who's the director at Africa Monitor, and Debu Homafudi, who's the group CEO at TM Group, is going to stay because we're going to have to have that conversation, and I want his insights in that conversation taking place at the top of the new hour. For now, let's take a quick ad break, please, before I'm joined on the line by Ms. Natasha Marks, who's a project manager at Ligbron. We're talking about bringing technology to township schools. This is an ongoing conversation and we're going to have to keep saying this a lot more because we need to get those children who are marginalized, if you like, part of the mainstream, not just making up numbers, but also leading the narrative. And, of course, talking about leading things, this is SAFM leading the conversation, 0891 Please stay tuned. We'll be back right after this with Natasha Marks.